Podcast, the Thoughtful Book Club podcast featuring two friends. I'm Travis, joined as always by my co-host Amanda. Welcome back, Amanda. Hello. We're here today with a book recommendation episode. If you've never listened to the podcast, you're in for a perfect first time listen because these book recommendations are sort of broad, non-spoilery episodes where we frankly try and persuade you to read a book with us over the next two weeks. Um, So you're in the right place if you're starting out here. Uh, If you've also never listened and you didn't know we had social media accounts, we have some. We have Facebook and Instagram accounts up and active. Uh, It's at the Lightly Literary Podcast, which is all one word. So check us out there. We post updates and, you know, promotions for the books we're doing and reminders what we're reading. So it's a good follow. We make for a pretty pretty light, not going to take up your feed type of social media follow. (laughs) So check us out there. Um, We're also up on just about every podcast platform. So, you know, subscribe wherever you found this. We're up all over the Internet, causing trouble doing our doing our book takes all that good stuff (laughs) (laughs) Um, recommendation episodes as already mentioned are not going to be spoiler filled today we'll be talking about the memoir called crying in h mart by author michelle zahner also a famous musician under the name uh, japanese breakfast if you've somehow heard of that but not this book anyway so (laughs) she's famous for many reasons kind of a creative force out there and yeah we'll be you know recommending this book discussing the memoir but again not spoiling it too deeply amanda you chose the memoir crying in h march do you want to briefly set up why you picked it yeah my uh cousin recommended it to me she said that um she found herself crying uh, Mm. after reading it and she said she thought that i would love it so and she was right uh you know We'll talk about it, but I I did really enjoy it as well. Yeah, excellent. Shout outs to her if she's listening. Maybe you can talk her into it. <laughs> yeah, she she listens. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Yeah, shout outs then. A, a great recommendation. We both spoiler for our opinions. We both really like this one. So yeah, yeah. a strong one. Um, let me do a brief reading from the cover. The segment in this I always forget to do, but I do want to set that up before we get to our <laughs> own segments. This is the uh, setup on the back cover. When Michelle Zauner was in her mid twenties, working as a waitress and struggling to launch her music. Career in Philadelphia. She got a call that her mother was ill. She put her life on hold and flew home to Eugene, Oregon to be with her mother through the final excruciating months of her battle with cancer. And then the final paragraph, vivacious and plain spoken, lyrical and honest, Zahner's voice is as radiantly alive on the page as it is on stage. Crying in H Mart is an exquisite debut, a book to cherish, share and reread. So we'll get into our own recommendations now let's do our first segment here amanda the rapid fire recommendations this is when we each do a sentence fill in the blank recommendation on who might enjoy this book i will go first i think you should read this book if you believe that food is a whole lot more than just a thing you use to power your body (laughs) oh yeah if you enjoy food you're gonna love these descriptions for sure Mm -hmm. (laughs) um Mine goes along with yours. Mm -hmm. Um, You should read this book if you enjoy food, especially Korean food. Yeah, it's a celebration of food for sure. It's how she connects with her mom. It's how she remembers her history. And the Korean food descriptions, I think, work really well, though they don't. If it's a cuisine you have no knowledge of, it's an interesting blend of both helping you understand but then not explaining everything and i think it works well actually we talk about that i think you should read this book if you have lost a loved one yeah that's a major oh yeah (laughs) major aspect of this book um i'll say you should read this book if you are interested in narratives about identity yes it's one of the main 
I don't know, sticking points with her mother. It's the thing that she tries to grab onto, doesn't always have, kind of loses, mm-hmm. kind of regains. It's complex. <laughs> she doesn't have a linear kind of path with this, but yeah, it's yeah. it is a book of that for sure. She's um, her mother is Korean, South Korean, and her father is. Did they ever really say? I mean, he's you know American, uh, white. So I don't. I, did they ever talk about his further back heritage? No, I don't think Just, it did. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, she, she has this identity battle. Um, you should read this book if you're looking for a good old cry. And I would even say it's got a diversity, a variety of cries in it. Not one yeah, cry. There's, yeah, there's the sadness, but also there's some happy moments and there's some, yeah, there's a lot going on here emotionally that you can mm-hmm. relate to, I think. Um, you should read this book if you are wrestling with grief and it could be grief of any kind, I think. Yeah, it, it really lets you kind of sink into it, and she's quite honest about her own struggles. So I think it's that that goes a long way with these kinds of stories because she's not gonna not gonna feed you simple conclusions or cliches. Um, there, well, I mean, there's a few conclusions in it. I just wouldn't call them you know simple or cliched. Uh, you should read this book if, and you tagged on this, you're interested in sort of multicultural stories or experiences, these mixed identity experiences. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a major theme. Um, in this memoir Mm -hmm. Uh, and I said you should read this book if your relationship with your parent or parents hasn't always been the best damn that's my last one too you should read this book (laughs) if you've got really (laughs) conflicted feelings about your parents (laughs) Um, yeah not much to add there I mean we you said it well I added on it's there's not one way to have a relationship with a parent I think is what this book teaches you even even Mm -hmm. from day to day sometimes things can vacillate pretty oh, wildly yeah. um yeah definitely a good reason to read this um how about for your final one my final one is um if you want to see how to spell some korean words in english <laughs> <laughs> a, a niche tell you what a niche interest but i bet they're out there amanda and they'll find us <laughs> it is fun though to see them do you think the phonetics held up okay yeah it's 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 fairly Fairly good. A couple okay. of them, I was just like, "What am I? What am I reading?" And then I had to read the description. I was like, "Okay, I got it." <laughs> yeah, fantastic. And as someone who struggles with name remembrance, um, I'll tell you what: some of the words went over my head, but the food descriptions <laughs> carried me through. So even yep. if I can't tell you all the words, I can remember some of the. You know, I remember the step by step for the kimchi, for example. So I've nice. kind of got my own. You can memories. make kimchi now. <laughs> uh, the, I think I don't think I remember the ratios of certain things, but I get the gist of it. You know, I, I could I could loosely do the steps correctly. I think <laughs> I don't think I would get the per, perhaps ingredient amounts correct, but that's okay. I could try. Um, let's move to our second part of this recommendation. So it's a little just preview. Uh, let's do a pop culture touchstone. So we're going to relate this book to something in pop culture. It could be uh, literally anything, music, movies, TV, art, books, something similar. How about for yours, Amanda? What does this remind you of? Uh, so mine is extremely broad and pretty much on the nose. Um, mm-hmm. But just cooking shows in general, like the where you have the one person who's cooking and like talking to the camera. Um and the reason I chose that is we get glimpses of personality through the personal anecdotes and what the person, like how the person speaks and stuff. But the real creativity is just the food. And I think of the memoir in the same way where the creative creativity, the style comes through with the food descriptions and we get some glimpses of personality and through her stories. But she, as we discuss in the, the episodes, um, 
we don't always get the the full emotional picture from her because she's she's almost like closed off in some ways as a person as she mm-hmm. writes very honest but we don't we don't see a whole lot of who she actually is as a person in some ways yeah it's it's so open so mine is mine's a bit contradictory because i i dared write it down so anthony bourdain is mine so he's sort of the most is he the most famous food person i don't know so he died from suicide a few years ago and he was already kind of a legendary figure because of his tv shows and he wrote a famous food memoir himself and everything and so he was this kind of like voice of the people in the food industry and sort of was a kind of a literary person too in that community the reason i put him is because what he became so famous for was his kind of curiosity about the world and he's very open and sort of raw struggled with addiction and stuff talked about that a lot talked about you know he wasn't wasn't afraid to hide blemishes that was kind of his whole approach and tone and everything he was um just appreciative of small things i guess in the end so i i it's funny though because i i thought of him and it's you don't want to evoke him or invoke him rather lightly because he's so beloved he's like a huge icon to some people i i guess just the openness i i don't know you you said like you she doesn't always open up completely i do think there are times when the the intensity of the caregiving and stuff is related matter of factly because so much of it is it kind of d- demanded it from her and it sort of dominated her life. Then, But then I think of moments like when the, her, their friend comes to town to help care for her and there's some complications with that. And I think of sort of um, her kind of panic to marry Peter and maybe get married before she should, which it's not a spoiler to say like there's not really drama there, but there's some moments around that that she reflects on. And some of the things with her father feel both really open and honest, but then there's times when she kind of pulls back too, I think. So yeah, it's strange. I don't, I do think this is noteworthy though, because it's honest and because she's open about when she is feeling selfish or angry or bitter, or I do think she's a bit kind though at times too. That's like, um, it's not like an acidic bit of writing it's but she's i don't know i felt like she was honest were there were there moments without i don't know spoilers quote unquote but were there moments or maybe chapters when you felt like there was something an insight she was holding back or that you you wanted more about or something does it does a section come to mind Mm, not necessarily it's more like just in general she's really good at pinpointing her emotions and stating her emotions like when she was discussing like her complex emotions about Kie the 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 her mom's friend and caretaker there mm-hmm. at the end um so she she acknowledges her feelings of some some jealousy but appreciation and and stuff like that but then she she doesn't really go into a whole lot about about those emotions she kind of she states it and then she moves on so yeah yeah she's very honest about her feelings but she doesn't delve into them necessarily right and it could just be that this is a shorter piece of writing it's pretty brisk and it doesn't you're right she doesn't dwell on on too many kind of moments or too many scenes and so I think that's part of it too. It is. It's maybe in the in the classic simplistic terms, the show tell divide, where she does tell a lot. I think she doesn't languish in things too 
much <laughs> or, or something, you know, doesn't doesn't let it linger for so long or something. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm phrasing it right now, too. But yeah, maybe that's the difference, because it's when I think back to some of the big emotional kind of punches in the book, I feel like if we flip to those pages, she would acknowledge you know, what was going on in her mind, heart and soul and, and all that stuff. Um, so that's, yeah, I, I do think there's an honesty to it, but you're right. It is. I mean, how long was your copy? Cause mine is, mine's a, got a weird publication. How long was yours? Like 200 pages. Mine was, um, 239 pages. Yeah. Okay. Two uh, two thirty nine. Okay, yeah. I was thinking maybe it'd be around two hundred or so. So yeah, that's again pretty pretty brisk writing in total. Um, good. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts on the touchdowns? Okay, let's talk about scripted pitches. This is the third segment we're going to do today on The Wreck, uh, and it's just what it sounds like. We've each prepared a piece of writing in advance, right around 200 words or so, and we've scripted this out to kind of give you a more persuasive, uh, controlled piece of thought. <laughs> and yeah, I'll, I'll jump into mine first. Let's talk through it here. Um, I do think you'll likely cry while reading Crying in H-Mart, which kind of feels fitting enough given the title. Um, and I don't mean that as faint praise. I guess it, that sounds kind of like making a joker pun, uh, but it's it's a compliment. I think it's a pretty potent and reflective memoir about losing a parent to cancer, her mother specifically, but it rarely feels manipulative. It doesn't feel like she's using these scenes to get cheap or simple conclusions out of it. And I think it's it's part of the brutal honesty too, um, again, as we just kind of unpacked. Zauner, who is a pretty acclaimed indie musician at this point understands that her and her family's like foibles even their tragic flaws in a few cases there's some intense scenes in this one too are what make the story work and will make it stand out and connect with people so she's pretty pretty open in the low moments there aren't many cliches if any or like simple platitudes to comfort the reader and i you know i think we both say thank god for that (laughs) that's not the Mm -hmm. reading we want to be doing um she holds nothing back or at least as we just kind of discussed she addresses seemingly everything whether or not she really delves in is is up to the reader but uh, i find it likely that your response will be similarly intense so i think you know this kind of honesty can provoke that in people if you also have a challenging relationship with your parents or if you've recently lost a loved one this might be an especially tough read but uh necessary one i I bet would be zoner's kind of argument um so there's that I think it's critical to note or crucial to note that the book also celebrates a lot of things. It it is an intense and kind of tragic read at its core, but there's so many small moments of fun, descriptive human, I don't know, liveliness. Like her mother has a really peculiar skincare routine uh, and is obsessed with what's that TV show or channel? The Shopping Network? Uh, Yeah. Whatever that's called. Something, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to leave this in because I just want to see if we can hash this out. But yeah, there's that, you know, little oddity. Uh, um, there's her memories of Korea when she's a kid are kind of sweet. And most critically of all, though, this this book celebrates food. She knows how to describe it well. She's thought a lot about it. <laughs> she's cooked a lot of it. Um, and so I think it's kind of odd but appropriate that if you were to ask me years from now, what did Zahner truly love in this book? I think the first thing I'd say would not be her mother. It it would be food. (laughs) That's where that honor goes. Um, I think by the end it's, you know, she does sort of reconcile her relationship with her mother and truly love her and and sort of has ways to honor her and everything. So it's not like she gets, you know, second fiddle. I'm being a little bit flip, but like the, the food's role is a portal into her mother's soul and as a comfort, 
up for her during all the challenges she endures in the book and, and kind of has to continue to now that part of her identity is gone. It's really celebratory and the food descriptions really, really pop. Um, if you do love food uh, and if you love and maybe even kind of hate your family on certain days, I really think this book's an easy recommendation. Those are the two themes that it hits extremely well. Mm-hmm. I just don't think, you know, the honest thing, fittingly enough, would be to say, don't expect this to be emotionally easy or even comforting as a read. I do think you can walk away, though, comforted in a lot of senses, but it's just not going to offer you, this book does not offer you at every turn a completely, um, you know, safe, emotionally safe conclusion. Yeah, that's that's a great way to put it. It is definitely not uh, comforting the purpose is not to comfort mm-hmm. um, so I think that's really well said and definitely the food and the, the family aspects are probably the two biggest aspects of this memoir mm-hmm. and for your scripted pitch feel free to take it away sure um, it is rare that I find myself enjoying a book that has garnered as much praise as this work especially a, as a work of nonfiction. Zauner's food memoir however is definitely deserving of all the hype. I was expecting something along the lines of a weepy Hallmark movie. And while this memoir can certainly elicit tears, it's far from sappy and trite. It's an honest recounting of Zauner's heartbreaking experience with her mother's battle with cancer and doesn't culminate in some tidy life lesson. Zauner's journey to understand herself and her mother is left open-ended, but remains a fascinating facet of this work. Zauner uses a thematic organization, which I found complemented her discussions of identity, relationships, and sense of purpose. Her use of food descriptions and food symbolism takes her writing to another level. Stylistically, the food aspects of her writing really drew me in. Overall, I can easily recommend this book to just about anyone because nearly everyone can relate to this memoir in some way. Plus, it's just such an enjoyable read. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it kind of has thematically something for for everybody. I do think so enjoyable. What, What mood would you want to read this book in? It, it's complicated too. I don't know if there's one answer. <laughs> yeah, it's so I think that it could any mood that you're in. Like, so if you are feeling like you want to wallow, this is a great book for you to wallow in. If mm-hmm. if you are not wallowing, you just want something that's that you find meaningful that you want to read. I think that this is a great book for you to read if you are interested in some um, really interesting. Uh, food descriptions I think this is a good book to read so I think enjoyable as far as like style and theme like the importance of the themes and and her discussion of them I think that's what made it enjoyable for me not that it brought me joy (laughs) of course yeah it brings you joy just the sense of like connecting with human struggle or strife or something you know i I realize this now and i look back on our two book club analysis episodes and just think it's just wild to me that we didn't really hit on this but this could be one of the more insightful end of life care things that i've ever read which is not Mm -hmm. a topic a lot of books want to get into in such meticulous detail like the it really documents very clearly the kind of steps she had to do, the logistics, the problems, the annoyances, the the little victories. Like it, and we really didn't analyze that stuff at all. I don't know. Did we like you know sleepwalk through the book? I don't know. I mean, our analysis was pretty thorough, but it's like 
that is something that given how little we talked about it's kind of wild because i'm sure some people would come away from this book being like the number one thing i'll remember is how intense end of life caregiving can be and like what yeah. that demands of your emotions and your your life and it's yeah i don't know isn't that strange <laughs> we didn't really talk about that very much <laughs> we really didn't I, i'm glad that you brought that up because i guess for us we were just like that wasn't in the forefront of our minds um yeah. but yeah just it's definitely there and she does describe that very honestly and and uh, it, it's daunting you work know, for sure. But, yeah, I'm yeah. glad we got it in now because I have no clue how we really <laughs> like didn't. <laughs> we definitely talk about some of the scenes and, and complications and they're kind of anyway. We could keep saying things, but yeah, that is um, how just fascinating. <laughs> anyway, interesting. Um, okay, so those are our scripted pitches. Any other thoughts on those? Uh, nope. Yeah. Let's talk about quotes for clarification. We always end with this segment in our book, Rex. We're going to read a quote from it that we believe is illustrative of something and reflects something important in the work, uh, some meaningful quote, and we'll try and talk you through it, of course. Uh, do you want to start with yours, Amanda? Which quote did you pull? Sure. Mine comes from the beginning, um, and it comes from page eight, and she is describing a food called um, dadamian, which is one of... Also, my favorites. Um, hmm. uh, let's see. Okay, here we go. Uh, she goes to Korea, and she's talking. Uh, she's talking mm-hmm. about when she goes to Korea, and her aunt orders um, a delivery, and the delivery is the jajamyeon. Um Twenty minutes after my aunt would phone in our order, the d- the apartment ringer would buzz for Elise in. M-I-D-I, and up would come a helmeted man, fresh off his motorcycle with a giant steel box. He'd slide open the metal door and deliver heaping bowls of noodles and deep-fried battered pork with its rich sauce on the side. The plastic wrap on top would be concave and sweating. We'd peel it off and dribble black, chunky goodness all over the noodles and pour the shiny, sticky, translucent orange sauce over the pork. We'd sit cross-legged on the cool marble floor, slurping and reaching over one another. My aunt and mom and grandmother would jabber on in Korean and I would eat and listen unable to comprehend bothering my mom every so often asking her to translate so it's it's jajimyeon and tangsuyuk which is um, the sweet and sour mm-hmm. sauce okay yeah. Um, yeah so I I thought that was so great like the food description right the, the concave sweating plastic and she peels it back and you can just mm-hmm. imagine um, the steam coming off of that, but also the 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 image of them just like reaching over each other as well um, and showing like the togetherness. And she's still kind of an outsider, which brings in the identity themes there where she has to use her mom to translate because she's not fluent in Korean. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that that's a, there's a lot going on there that to kind of introduce that this is definitely a food memoir and she's great at describing the food and also uh, the theme of family and also the theme of identity there. Yeah. It's, you hit so many of the core themes too, in that one quote, but the sort of, yeah. And these things are ritually symbolic. It's not a work you can, I mean, you can overread anything of course, but it's not really something you can overread just in the sense of because she brings in so many ideas and, and so many emotions into these moments there are these reflections of that in the images she picks and the way she includes some examples of things or even kind of leaves things out or doesn't always explain and i just think yeah it's it's rich moments like that that 
yeah, bring it together and make it worth reading or something. Good for a book club, oddly enough. <laughs> now that we're here, you know, that we've put in all the work, I can at least say that. It's very thoughtful, makes for thoughtful work in that front. Um, my quote's from very early in the book. It's when she's at H Mart, fittingly enough. Her mother at this point has passed, like the book opens and she's she's passed away and then it goes back in time. So she's at the H Mart, this um, Korean grocer, and is missing her mother. She sees some people eating and this is the the paragraph. At one table is a group of young Chinese students alone without family at schools in America. They have banded together to take the bus 45 minutes outside the city into the suburbs of a foreign country for soup dumplings. At another table, there are three generations of Korean women eating three different types of stew. Daughter, mother, and grandmother dipping their spoons into one another's bowls, reaching over one another's trays, arms in one another's faces, pinching at their different banchan with chopsticks. None of them pay any heed or give a second thought to the concept of personal space. And then and there's another paragraph about that. So she just has a nice eye for moments that, you know, reflect her inner state, the yearning she feels, the regret. And I, th- I like the repetition in that paragraph of the this jumbled up, naughty family all covered in each other, which really ends up how it is for her family, too. They're, they're very much right. caught up in each other and influential in ways that they don't even realize. And, you know, some of it's for the worse, some of it's for the better, of course. That's definitely an aspect of it. Um, there's another quote I could have pulled, too, where she gives more of a direct opinion about, and I'll just summarize or paraphrase this quote, but about how she's sort of jealous and envious and like almost hates not hates that's of course too strong but she really like is upset that she doesn't get to have these moments anymore with her mother but other people still do but then she vacillates to a moment like this of just like appreciating the scene and sort of there's a little bit of sort of personal jealousy in it but it's also sweet and it's also a you know a a nice observation and i just think she she does this well like she knows how to balance it's it's just a good literary eye she knows how to balance the right ideas and images at the right time doesn't overstay doesn't over explain maybe as you discussed earlier in the rec that maybe is a shortcoming at times when it's like could we have gotten some more insight could we have gotten a little bit more reflection or emotion or something and um and yeah, I just think that's where we we end up with a, a work that's that's subtle and knows what good ideas to forefront or foreground yeah, and, and that particular quote that you chose also is um, indicative of, of the connection between food and family that she she constantly explores in the memoir as well. Like, mm-hmm. the food is very much um, all the banchan and, and everything, and they're just reaching over and sharing everything. It's very much uniting over food in a lot of ways, and that's, that's an important aspect of the, of the memoir as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's... It, would you call it a food first or family first memoir? Man, that's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's what a, and such a false false dichotomy I've presented, but that yeah. those can be fun. <laughs> Which one would you pick? I I'll spoil this in my in our book club episodes. I think I le- I'm leaning food, which feels just insane to say, but. Mm-hmm. I, I really think the thing, you know, twenty years from now analysis. I think I'll remember it for being just such a rich kind of acknowledgement of how food wraps up in your life, your memory, your family. Like, I, I think that, yeah, anyway, I think I'm leaning food. I think I would have to as well, and I think part of that is just because the, there's the creativity in her, in her writing comes, it, it's most noticeable in her descriptions of food, so mm-hmm. that's going to be the thing that really sticks in my mind, I think. 
definitely yeah and let's not undersell it just like we kind of maybe forgot to analyze the um the end of life care as much as we should have it is yeah. quite thoroughly about her relationship with her mother i mean that's <laughs> it is let's not let our own food biases undersell it she's it's an intense relationship that is complex and um and she tries to unpack it and does so any final thoughts on crying in h mart a really enjoyable if not uplifting perhaps not uplifting food memoir yeah, uh, I'm good. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, I think we did it we Did it justice. Um, if that was enough to persuade you, as always, we apologize. We'll try and persuade you more in a couple of weeks when we pick a new book. Um, speaking of which, we do have other books coming up in order. So if you're not interested in reading this one with us or listening in, then we have other things ready to go. Amanda, what are those books? We've got uh, Dubliners by James Joyce, which is short stories. The Human Stain by Philip Roth, which is a novel. And Soccer in Sun and Shadow by Eduardo, Eduardo Galliano, um, which is nonfiction as well. Yes, good variety coming up, truly. And I do think that... I do think that the the soccer will be rather poetic. If I, that's kind of why I picked it. I think it's it's going to be a bit more literary than factual, so to speak. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping. I I chose it on purpose, thinking could we get a food book that or a food book, a, a sports book that would interest you. So mm-hmm. we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and no other thoughts on crying on H Bart by Michelle Zauner. Um, we'll be covering episode uh, chapters one through nine in the first episode. Oh, yeah. So if you want to read to, and get where we're at, that's where we'll be. Perfect. Thanks for the reminder. Again, we have social media accounts on Facebook and Instagram. So follow us there at the Lightly Literary Podcast, which is all one word. So check us out there. Uh, we appreciate the follows and all that stuff, the likes. If you find us on a podcast platform, just follow us on there. Give us a rating and review. It helps a ton. Um, and we don't ask for much, but that would be cool. Tell your friends and family all the good stuff. Thanks, as always, for listening all the way through. We appreciate it. Hopefully we gave you a good book recommendation. And until next time, we'll see you between the pages. 